You are listening to Hyperspectral. Hyperspectral. Hi, everyone. Hey, Joseph. Joseph. Hi. Tell us about who you are. All right. A little brief synopsis. (laughs) Um, I'm a 35-year-old male. No. True. I reign from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I live in Woodside, Queens. I'm in school to become a dental hygienist. I also have a intensely passionate passion for flora and fauna. Yes. I thought I would start the podcast today with the definition of a word, homeostasis. The tendency toward a relatively stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, especially as maintained by physiological processes. And this um, definition, it really speaks to me today because mentally I feel like I'm reaching homeostasis, but in so many other areas of life, the word, I find it to be so applicable and something that is crucial really. Um, Stemming from my passion of flora and fauna, I think Plants and insects and the natural world are imperative for our mental health and our physical health. And I don't really think enough scientific literature is being brought about in a way that's accessible to the masses to explain really what's going on in our natural world. And today, It's dedicated to the insects and plants that have foraged and paved a way for us to be here, really. Because I think oftentimes we forget that if nature is not in balance, then we, as a species, are not in balance. Because we are natural. Exactly. Just as natural as the rest of the universe exactly you said it right there we are the natural world a call to arms to get in tune with that for sure a call to arms for hugs i like to think i'm in tune yes i agree with that i like to think i'm in tuned i it's hard to not be passionate about something that you stem from really Mm, you know what i mean it's your origin yeah it's all of our origins without it we wouldn't be here And if it doesn't reach homeostasis, we're not going to be here for much longer. Hmm. It's imperative. These things are imperative. Mm -hmm. When did you get passionate about this? I mean, I've always been passionate, but not to this kind of like empirical data related Mm -hmm. level. You know what I mean? When did that start happening? Honestly, when... It's hard. When did it start happening? Like, when did I start researching to the level that I do now? I think it was gradual, but really, I think what it was was I started getting into house plants, and it was more so like a therapeutic ritual for myself. It was just good to have them around physically, mentally. They just brought a lot of joy and medicinal properties to my life, and then I started getting into angiosperms, which are flowering plants. And my dad has always been a gardener. So growing up, you know, the landscape was always filled with 
annuals or biennials or perennials and I got to play in the garden as a kid and I definitely I know my parents had a huge influence on the way I view the natural world cool yeah but also the the um, extent of climate change for me really. when I noticed it in Joseph as an onlooker mm-hmm. as an observer well, you've known him longer than I and have. a big fan mm-hmm. uh, when you started with the organic chemistry mm-hmm. And that kind of stuff. Totally. When you started doing that, that's yeah. when you went deep into the cellular like, level. Let me figure this out. The mon- molecular level of what's happening in the universe. And totally. you just went deeper and deeper as time goes by. And I love that. I because think you're now you're here as an, as an uh, informative voice. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. That's so special. I, I love it's it. hyperspectral imaging personified. Yes. Hyperspectral imaging of the universe and how the natural world works. I'm fortunate. I have family and friends who allow me to be myself. I think that's the most important thing you guys do is harbor a space where I can be myself. Yippee. At, at no fear. Here or... at the U Equal Love headquarters. We believe in authentic chosen family, yeah. you know, because the uh, nuclear family is evolving and or maybe it's always been the same. There, we've but in gone the queer past community, the nuclear family. We're back to tribal, if you ask me. Mm. Yes, exactly. Hunter gatherer. Yeah. Not saying I'm going to hunter gather, <laughs> but I'll watch. But it's cool to <laughs> the see the term chosen family come more into vogue yeah. and get more people talking about it. And maybe, you, you know, you listeners at home don't know what a chosen family is, but I say get into it. All right. So stemming from homeostasis and my love of plants, um, that really brought about my, my love of insects homeostasis let me just ask you before we go further mm-hmm. is tell me yes or no if it's true mm-hmm. is a state state of interdependent things coming to equal each other as a whole correct yeah in the form of physiological processes yeah. which would mean it would be all these it would be a lot of interconnected Waves, webs, waves, waves. yeah, absolutely, webs. absolutely, yeah, of things that really but, interdepend on one another. And their the what makes it a homeostasis situation is the fact that they come up to equal. Correct. Yeah. Each other. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. There's a balance. Okay. A balance. A balance. Yeah. Okay. Everything in life, if you think about it. Whether it's a physiological, it's yeah, there has to be a balance in everything. It is in Libra. Yeah, it is. That's right. Speaking of balance. Yeah. And speaking of balance, let's balance right on into the the data because this stuff is so cool. I honestly don't understand how somebody could breeze over this material. And I guess, you know, different things speak to different people. That's what kind of makes us, as a collective on this planet, a beautiful organism, really. Because you, you know, know, I'm just looking at the picture. It's yeah, time to but... plant some data in our soil. There we We're go. ready to receive. All oh, right, baby. So, 
you know, plants first came on the scene um, when we're talking millions and millions and millions and millions of years ago. The Holocene? Um, before the Holocene. We're in the Holocene now, before oh. the Holocene. We're talking about the Carboniferous, which was 320 million what is years the ago. Holocene? <gasps> um, essentially, Homo sapiens. Human yeah. existence. Oh, okay. Yeah. 10,000 years prior, it starts arbitrarily. Yeah, right, right. 10,000 years prior to our normal, quote unquote, Gregorian calendar. Correct, Here yeah. When we jump down from the trees. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. You know, um, I came from the ocean. What? There you go. We all did, really. Bacteria, yeah. I mean, well, okay, so, so specifically stemming to when plants started coming about it wasn't until the carboniferous period which is around 320 million years ago where the first insects kind of divulged from worms i believe the carboniferous the, in the carboniferous like carbonara period. no like carbon, carbon like yeah think about carbon, the soil carbon like the, so, the soil essentially because what so happened was there was a great death of all the plants and prosciutto no and, which created no. the carbon correct carbon rich soil if you oh, think wow, about soil right. as a living organism which it is why is it that dark rich black color it's because plants sequester carbon in the roots and the soil then holds it. Wow. So those come from the plants. The plants bring the carbon out of the atmosphere. They suck it in the soil and they lock it. And it's a full circle moment. I mean, when you think about... The plant was getting to that moment of just like needing to do something to restart. And that's what it does. All the time. Yes. All the time. That's what plants do for us right now. we're experiencing it right now. Yes. Yeah. We have plants in this absolutely they're taking in the carbon they have these things on their leaves these tiny holes holes called uh essentially they're like sporadosomes they're they're little tiny holes that exchange oxygen and carbon dioxide they're the coolest thing they're so efficient and tell me another organism that creates its own food can you synthesize your own food no plants do they're I a powerhouse. They're a powerhouse. It means that in their DNA and their genome, their mitochondria creates their own food by synthesizing it from the sun. Photosynthesis. Oh. They create mm. plant sugars. Do artichokes count? Artichokes count, baby. Yes. Hell yeah. yeah. Artichokes We're count. We're an artichoke family. We are an artichoke family. Yeah, no, I just recently discovered the magic powers and liver rebuilding aspects of artichokes so you know if artichokes come up every now and then they're also sitting in the room with us yeah or we just got artichokes on the mind and the gut yes thankfully well thankfully thanks for sharing keep coming back so oh, yes, yeah, so back in the Carboniferous period, that's when insects first started to come about. We moved to the Permian period, things started divulging into wings, so we have winged insects. Triassic period, this is when the reptilians started to come about. Mm. And so we have giant insects like the dragonflies, the huge ones. I mean, back then, during the Triassic, they were gigantic, like the size of the You know what, sweater. they still are in South America, mm -hmm. Latin America. Can... They still are. Yeah, they Down are. by the equator, yes, honey. Yep. Heat and humidity. And then the Jurassic period, which interestingly enough was when essentially- When became born. 
No, 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 no. Way that those were those were the arthropods very early on in the Carboniferous. During the Jurassic, which was 181 around estimate years ago, um, angiosperms took the scene. Because before it was bryophytes, so you had your liverworts, your hornworts, your mosses, and before that was algae in the sea. That's where plants started their evolutionary history. And then it was on the wet, muddy margins that like lichens and mosses started to grow. Millions of years later, horsetail ferns, and then millions of years later, we have the first flowering plant, which was believed... uh, is is believed to be a lotus. No, no, no. Mm. Correction, a water lily. Water lily. Just so everyone knows, plant. Joseph is off book right now. He is literally just. <laughs> this is him just spouting all the information he knows. We From are the top in of his head. Awe. Yeah, we're in awe, Joseph. You're incredible. Yeah. What? How have you retained? <laughs> you retained so much information. Thank you. And it comes from your heart, I can tell. It really does. I just love this stuff. And anybody who's had a passion for anything knows exactly. I mean, Rika, it's the same way with you on stage. It's your passion. You love the process of it, the writing, the performing, all of it. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a full production, you know, and it feels good. It's photosynthesis. This is a, exactly. It's the in same a way, thing. right? Yeah, right. Take right. You take in things. Yeah, you man. take in things through those well. small holes, you absorb, and then you you figure it out, and you plant the roots, and then you grow. Mm-hmm. It's the energy that goes into achieving homeostasis. Like mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, what are we doing? We're, okay, stasis is a state mm-hmm. pluralized yeah. right. okay so i'd say it's a calm rational consideration consideration of a state for sure right and right considerate right state. right 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 that's the state we like yes but when you're uh, when you if you are using energy you should be in not should but it's more beneficial i think more efficient to efficient to use your energy to achieve homeostasis which echoes nature if you think which about does, nature nature does that all the and time we should it's in a echo nature because we are natural there you go you said it right there brilliant that is the the, the theme and like where i'm i'm trying to go with discussing this because take angiosperms what happens when angiosperms started evolving, right? There needs to be something that is mutually beneficial to tie. You when know? angiosperms started, honey, <laughs> eggs started getting fertilized. Yeah, yeah man. I know. Oh, yeah. I know what happened. Pollination. I know what happened. What's interesting is it's a mutually beneficial relationship, right? right? So these things have co-evolved on this earth for millions of years and with time and the process of doing that these beautiful relationships form that are integral to our ecosystems now i mean think about it they've had millions of years to evolve where we haven't even been there these relationships are complex they are in detail and you have certain insects that only fit a certain kingdom or phylum or classification or genus or particular species of plant so it's a mutually beneficial thing same with birds it it all echoes each other and what's scary is that we've gotten to 
a place now where homeostasis is not being achieved. It's actually off kilter immensely. And we're undergoing what scientists are deeming an insect apocalypse. And I don't think people understand really how imperative insects are to our lives. They're integral. If, if we want to eat, if we want to stay here on this planet, essentially bees, healthy, bees, bees are a wonderful example. You have the European honeybee, right? It was brought over here as an invasive species, but now there has been tests done that these honeybees are very aggressive to our native bees because before mm. European bees were brought over, we mm. had native bees and the native bees are what's called solitary bees. They pollinate singularly. They don't live in a hive or a collective. They bury themselves within the holes or within woody stems or within tree trunks. Cool. And they hibernate in there and they have babies in there. And all of our natural pollinators before European bees were brought over were natural, solitary bees. And now invasive species is another thing. These bees are, are overtaking and killing our own native bees. Mm. And that's where Doug Tallamy's work, Mount Cuba Center and Cornell University come in as like three of my biggest collections of information. Their scientific data is imperative to what's going on right now. They're doing the work right now to see what plants and what insects are drastically dropping. And they're trying to, how do I say it? They're trying to bolster higher numbers of insect and plant diversity. And without their work, we wouldn't know where to go. So. Kudos to yeah, them. Yeah, kudos to them. I have to echo their names. Doug Tallamy, uh, Mount Cuba Center, and Cornell University in particular, mm -hmm. their horticultural unit. They're just doing some of the best scientific data out there for us gardeners because the future now is in the gardener's hands. Thank you guys so much for giving me the platform to speak today. I really appreciate it. Of okay. course, we love well, you. Well, we love you, honey. Okay, I love you guys on. too. Party on, man.